Welcome to another episode of Nothing Moves Without Us, a black culture podcast. On every episode, Thomas and I discuss shows, movies, and music from the past 30 plus years that have played a pivotal role in the black experience. Welcome back. Welcome back. What's up, man? Good. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, excited to jump into this week's episode. Is there anything that you want to touch on before we jumped into this, this week's episode? I didn't ask you that no. question. It's all good. Yeah, any, I, I don't have any. I don't have anything. Uh, no current to events. The, the black experience. Actually, well, I guess one, only one thing, which is dope, that I was happy about was um, they arrested the the drug dealers that dealt Michael Michael K. Williams the uh, I believe it was the heroin the heroin that was laced with fentanyl, um, and I think that was that was dope, and I think that's important to uh, you know just balance out responsibility. You know, if you I posted it on, on a TikTok and someone essentially said that, you know, you're, you're poisoning someone, right? If, if I buy a certain drug from you and you lace it with something else, you're poisoning me. And if I die, it's your responsibility. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, yeah. And I hope his family and friends get justice for that. And that, that's a, that's a interesting take, but I, I, I dig it. Um, what, it, what about it? Do you think it's important? You say you think it's important. What about it? Well, Initially, what what happened? What uh what, what led me to that that point was that when when Mac Miller, you know, the, the rapper Mac Miller, he passed away, um, two thousand and seventeen. May I, I forget the exact year, but the the drug dealers that gave him the drugs, they were charged and sentenced. And when Michael Michael K. Williams' autopsy was uh, revealed, it just said that you know he died of an overdose, and it, it felt like it was just like that was it. They were leaving it at that. And I posted this video comparing it, saying that you know I hope that the same, the same energy they put toward uh, arresting Mac Miller's drug dealers, they'll do that. That you know the NYPD, the people who care about him, will do that. Will do that for Michael K. Williams. And you know, a few months later, they did. So I, I think that's dope, and I think it's. I mean, there's, like there's always this um, you know duality where we see justice for white people in certain ways that feel unique. And seeing Michael Michael K. Williams die under the exact same circumstances as Mac Miller, and feeling like it was just going to be brushed over, I was I was I was upset about that. But like I said, seeing this this news report and seeing that they were arrested, it it means that people are going to be held accountable. It feels like it, it's fair, and I feel like I feel like it honors the importance of balance, balancing the playing field when it comes to accountability, and that. Um, Black black bodies matter, right? Black lives matter, right? Black lives matter. Yeah, I could I could definitely uh, align with that. I see uh, Mac Miller looks like he passed in twenty eighteen, September twenty eighteen. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's it reminds me of uh, when we say just because someone's a criminal doesn't mean that police should treat them a certain way. Just because someone is doing drugs doesn't mean that we should treat them a certain way. Like they deserve due process and they deserve, they have rights just like anybody else. Right. Um, and that matters just like, like it did. It doesn't matter what the person does. There's still rights. 
um, associated to them being number one, being human, number two, being citizens of of, of this country. So uh, that's good to hear, and I and I could agree with you. I think that's that's dope that um, you know these these people are being held accountable for their actions. It's right. a great it's a great start to the. That was a, that was a good uh, uh, you know uh, with current events. I had a couple that I was thinking of as you said that. So now I'm like, yeah, I should, I should bring that bring up. You know, the whole thing with Brian Flores. If you have you heard about that? Coach. Yeah, so that's that's been a thing. But I was like, you know what? This week I'm gonna stay away from sports because we spoke about um, we spoke about uh, Antonio Brown previous episode. Right. So stay away from sports. And then even, even the Whoopi Goldberg thing that that's been on a whole another level. Yeah. That's, that's something, yeah. So there's, there's, I just feel like there's so much happening during Black History Month right. <laughs> uh, that is coming to light, and it, and it's happening in, in a way that you know, cancel culture and social media, and and there's a lot of there's a lot being hand, handed out. Um, so. Uh, just, just, just a lot happening. I, but that was a great one to bring up. So I'll leave it at that. If you want to know more about Brian Flores as well as what's going on with Big Over, I suggest you go look it up. <laughs> I won't dive into it. Um, but, uh, but today we're, we're diving into uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. We're back to to an album and doing some music. Um, I'm excited to be back doing music because I feel like when we do TV shows and movies, obviously our conversations are different, and we 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 set that up on purpose. But it's just music has a cool, cool uh, our workflow for it's really cool. So excited to jump into this album. Um, how about you? What are your thoughts? What are what are your thoughts about the album? And oh, um, you said and, so I was thought you were going to say yeah. Well. I was thinking about something else, but <laughs> what what are your thoughts about that? My bad. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I mean. I think it's a masterpiece, yo. I think it is one of the... I think it's one of the most important hip-hop rap albums from the the 90s. Um, Number one, from a female artist. And just for significance of what the culture was supposed to be or what the genre was supposed to be, um, I, I think it it's set a tone, man. I think it's set a tone and a standard for what great music should be, what masterpiece should be. Like on um on Superstar, you know, one, one of the chorus lyrics is that music is supposed to inspire, and looking at it as art, like this 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 album is a work of art, and art is supposed to inspire. And that's something that I've I kind of uh, pulled from this album when I listened to it because we were supposed to do this like last year, I think, towards the end of last year. And when I was listening to it on that first replay, that line stuck out to me. Um, yeah, I think this album's inspirational. I, I love the theme surrounding love and it's all the different layers and facets when it comes to love and relationships, familiar love, love with um, you know, re- religion, your higher being. I, I think it's it's multi layer and I, I think I think it's dope, man. I think it's dope. Yeah, man, you I could agree with you more. I think there's there's so much to unpack here that even when I was listening to it as a as a fan, as someone who, you know, before we started doing this podcast, it had grave impact on me, right? The impact was just huge, you know, my life and, and each song and each track had its, 
it has different purpose, it has a different meaning. Um, but listening to it as someone who's going to be dissecting it and talking about how it's it's uh, affected the culture is it has created a whole new dynamic for me now. Um, going through each track and again, like you were saying, I couldn't agree more that the lyrics on certain certain tracks stand out differently now and have even more meaning. Um, so yeah, man, I'm I'm with you 100. percent Let's talk a little bit about some of the features and some of the people on the on the album. Um, because another thing that's funny, you know, I've probably heard this album, I don't know, a hundred times. Never knew some of these artists <laughs> were on it. Right. Some of the artists right. that are featured, I had no clue that they were featured on it until I actually went and looked and I was like, oh, this person's in it, this person's in it. Um, so that that was that was interesting. But yeah, let's 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 dive into that. I think that also plays a uh, an interesting role too because some of the people that are featured on this back in the time when this album came out they were I feel like some of them are still big but they were doing their thing too so it's cool to think whenever I uh, look at features of an album to see the features be people that have uh, have have paved the way in their own respects in their own rights right. um so yeah, but some of the features I I pulled up and you can add on because I feel like there's a little bit of uh, that, I, that I might miss. But I wrote this down when I as I was going through it. Um, I saw that she had Mary J. Blige on the album. Um, she has Carlos Santana on the album. Um, who else? Uh, D'Angelo. Right. Um, Am I missing anybody else? I think those are the uh, three. This those this those three. So Carlos Santana, Carlos Santana's on track four to Zion. Mary J. Blige is on track nine. I used to love him, and D'Angelo was on track twelve. Nothing even matters. Um, I'm not sure when Maria Maria came out. Like that major Carlos Santana hit came out, but like thinking about the features and thinking about again what music used to be versus what it is now, and you know out of 16 tracks, she only has three features, right? So it, it is Lauren Hill is doing it solo, right? For Dolo, um, like, you know, she just came off of, not just came off, but like, you know, the, the Fugees had their major hit, I think in 97, yeah. the score, which is, I mean, <laughs> again, one of, the, one of those just amazing, class. amazing albums, yeah. Um, so this is her just showing that, yo, she doesn't need a group, she doesn't need a band, it's just her doing it for Dolo. And the, the few features that she has, like they just add, um, you know, like Carlos Santana is just a, like musician, right? You know, his his uh, his guitar is is still him being featured, so he adds this. You know, like Zion is like one of my favorite tracks I think ever, and like any of any song, it's, I think it's just beautiful, powerful. I used to love him with Mary J. Blige, like you know, Mary's like the what is she called, the the queen of um, the queen of hip hop. Hip hop soul, hip-hop. so they call it the queen of hip hop. Yeah, and um, and D'Angelo, right? Like like neo soul was that like was really evolving at that time, and D'Angelo was that 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 dude back in the day. So it's it's a it's a nice balance in in, in terms of features, right? Just one black male artist, one black female artist, and the other artist is just you know doing his thing on the instrument. Yeah, another thing is the features aren't to me they aren't like really features they're just there's just extensions like they don't really like i said i've listened to the album several times and never santana i probably would wouldn't know because 
you know, people that follow his music, you know, his, his voice is through his instrument, so it's a little different. But D'Angelo and Mary J. Blige, they're on the album, and I never paid attention to like when you when you know that it's them, then you're like, oh yeah, that is D'Angelo. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but before that, I had no clue. I just was like, oh, okay, like I knew somebody was on it, but I never put D'Angelo's face there. Or uh, same thing with Mary J. So uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's very very interesting, and then I love the fact that, and it made me think that a lot of times. Or, or features in general. I feel like features, and you know, I love you. Hear your thoughts on this. I feel like features didn't really get popping until in the two thousands. Like I feel like a lot of the older albums, it, maybe maybe some of the hip hop albums more have more features because you know you have a couple of people spinning on the song. But a, but a, an R and B, and I guess this is considered like an R and B hip hop album. But yeah, like I don't remember any albums that had real features features other than like people being in a group right yeah i think that i mean that's a great point and um i think it, it plays to the like the transition of hip-hop you know starting out with groups starting out with a crew we talked about um a tribe called quest and then hip-hop like you know even lauren hill she started out in the fugees and then you know, why Clef is doing his own thing. Prize tried to do his own thing. He didn't hit as well. But, <laughs> you know, Lawrence started doing her own thing. Q-Tip started doing his own things, right? So the people in these groups started branching out and doing their own, doing their own solo act. Um, And I think, like, in, in that initial phase, though, like, maybe this phase, like, there's just this need to prove yourself as an individual, right? Like, I showed you who I was under the umbrella of the crew of the team. So now I'm here for Dolo, and I'm just going to, prove my lyrical skills right there's no fife dog to introduce me it's just me doing it for dolo um so yeah i, I definitely agree i think that was this might have been like the transition part and then the next step it was just you know there's no groups it's just features and everyone just eating off of each other well, you know you know once diddy came out with the remix it was like yo feature 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 everything so yeah, yeah definitely man definitely yeah it's a it's a interesting thing to think about and and, that, and that's another point you just brought to my attention a lot of the solo groups from, I mean, a lot of the groups back then from the early nineties, they just, start, all of those guys started branching out doing their own thing. All of them yeah. um, in the, in the late nineties going into the two thousands. And so, you look at, and look at what hip hop is now. It's just, there are no groups. Like what, what, what crews are there? What groups are there in hip hop? Everything is just a, a one man act two one hook, you know, two, two set of bars and that's it. And the song is over three minutes. It done. <laughs> that's it. Well, well, there. I feel like there are groups more more around being on the same label or being a part of the same crew, but the music is not the same. They, they, you know, right. they just, you know, I'm a part of a crew. You're a part of a crew, and we're rapping or we're sharing our talents for the for the collective, rather than being on every one of my tracks. Me being on every right. one of your tracks, and there's some, you know, obviously there's, there's features. So I don't think we're saying features are are out, or but it just was different back then. Um, and that's something that I, I really I recognized early in this, um, and even even with Lawrence Lauren Hill's participation with being a part of the Fuji's, she still to me like this was a breakthrough for her. Like she was right. she was she was uh, she was her her level of of uh, lyricism, right? Lyricism, yeah. her level of lyricism, and how she carried herself on the mic was. 
different than what we've seen when she was with the Fuji's, but it took a whole nother turn with this album. Right, right. Um, and it, with it being a classic album, it is it's interesting because there's there's certain things that stand the test of time, and this is like definitely one of the like I feel like no matter when you listen to it, no matter what time of day, no matter what you're going through, there's something there for you. Um, and it's one of those timeless pieces where she's never has to make another album. Like she's right. good. Um, if she makes another album, she might she might taint her legacy. <laughs> but uh, and she's done stuff since. Like you know, recently she did the whole thing with Nas. She was on Nas's album. Um, she also had the MTV Unplugged, which is another, which is just another beautiful masterpiece. Incredible. And TV, I need to bring that back, man. All the unplugs are dope. Right, right, right. <laughs> I guess the tiny desk is uh, tiny desk is unplugged now. Right. Um, I guess uh, speaking of desk, I mean, this kind of transitions to the, the album cover. I I never never noticed literally until just now <laughs> that the sketch is on a desk and there's a pencil on top. I've huh. never noticed that. I've never noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I, I always so that I always knew, but it was, but I never understood the significance. I never, I always just thought it was this, it was just an album. I, I didn't, and then when you put it all together, you, you, you put the album together, you listen to the, I don't even want to say skits, because I guess they're skits. Because um, there's an intro, and then some of the songs have skits at the end of them. Right. So, or most of the songs have skits at the end of them. But, yeah, I always kind of, I know, I always knew that. I just didn't put it together, which is hilarious, because it's so simple to put together. But I just didn't right. put it together with school, um, the miseducation, these, these all these skits about. Uh, I, I wrote a, I wrote down the Fifty Shades of Love because <laughs> she talks about love in so many different facets. Um, right. So that that's what I wrote down and how uh, she just she redefines love track after track after track after track. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, what do you what do you think about? And and I, and it brings up another point, right? With with her using a wooden desk as the album cover, like a, you know the pencil and the drawing. What do you think this? The, we have the obvious significance, but it, but what do you think the significance is past that? Like, do you think it's just a, it was just a school thing around miseducation? What are your thoughts there? Uh, I'm not sure your question. What do, what do you mean? I mean, like looking at the the album cover and with you just figuring out what it was. Right. right? When you first seeing it, you're like, man. I, after all this time, I had no idea this is what it represented. Does it? Could it? Or does it represent more than it just being that a desk with a pencil on it? Um, I I didn't I didn't think to research or look up anything about the album cover specifically. Um, so, uh, so I guess on uh, on one end, I think the first thing that kind of popped up into my head uh, was thinking about uh, I, I, I want to phrase this properly. Looking at it as, you know, when, when you have a, the, the things you drew on your desk, right? Those are things that you thought about or things that inspired you. You didn't really draw yourself so like when i look at it i think about the miseducation of lauren hill i, I think about 
you know, going back to the skits of like, you know, young school children talking about love, I was thinking, I'm thinking about um, like maybe there's someone in her class who loves her, who's thinking about her. And so he pays, he pays homage to her by et, like etching her portrait into the desk. And, you know, maybe here he is, he, here he is in class learning about love while Lauren is out. So he's like, all right, she, she, she's miseducated. She, she's not learning about love while I'm learning about love. I love her. She's not even here. Um, that's, that's kind of where my mindset went. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like it, it seems, it seems obvious, but it, it, obvious, it also seems like there's so much more like, like, like there, there's more behind it. Um, so that's what I was, I was asking. Um, and I, and I actually, you said something that, Pumps in my head as well because when, when I think about drawing on a desk, I think about going somewhere else. Like a lot of times when someone is uh, doodling or doing some, something in class, they're not paying attention and they're like daydreaming, or it takes them somewhere. It takes them somewhere they want to be. You yeah. know, it's kind of like opening up your imagination. Um, and I can see that being something that she wanted, what she was trying to represent. Um, in this cover and in this album, like open, broadening your imagination around love, you know, around social issues and things and things like that. So um, that was something that popped into my head as well. Thinking like, hey, drawing, designing is is one side of it, and creating an album cover is one side of it. But there's so much more attached to it as well. Yeah, uh, originally it's like um the the images. I mean, another thing I also thought about. I was thinking about. Um, cave pictures or like um not like hieroglyphics but like just cave drawings because it feels very simple uh it feels like a very simple style of drawing even though it's very it's very detailed because of her locks and her features but if the i guess the wood this makes it feel like a a simple um i guess the wood and the like the monotone of the color this makes it feel simple and maybe it also kind of represents like this the simplicity of what love could be, but that's just not realistic because we got like how many? <laughs> we got sixteen tracks talking about love, so love is never simple. Um, but like I, I pulled it up and it said that it's supposed to be homage to Bob Marley and the Whalers, and originally she wanted to do a shoot at a at a school, um, Columbia High School in Maplewood, New Jersey, but they didn't have old school desks. Where you could like etch in them, but you know that like the new desks all have that like that weird plastic film lay on yeah. it and stuff like that. Um, but they just yeah they kind of just transitioned in, in, into this yeah. Yeah, uh, so so interesting, bro. <laughs> Such an interesting thing to, to to conceptualize why someone created the album right. cover the way they made it. So uh, yeah, I, I love that. I love, I love that's what the story behind the album cover. And we just identify that right now. Um, so overall, the album, I know we talked about how much we, you know, we love the album and and what it kind of represents to us. What, what do you think the significance is to, to today's, to, to, to the time today, to 2022? Is there still significance to this album? I know it is, a I'm asking a rhetorical question, but right. <laughs> what are your um, thoughts there? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like, significance to the times was supposed to be significant to the time it was made and then the relevancy is the relevancy to now no got it Let, let's let's go with that then that's cool all right um 
I mean, I feel like you kind of said it, right? It was her branching out. This, the, the Fuji's, you know, officially disbanded in 1997. And in 19, this album came out in 1998. So it was, I feel like it was a necessity. Like you, you think about, what was her solo track on the, on the score? Was it, um, uh, someone in the movie theater? I'm not sure. Because like uh, another dope thing that right we we, we talked even talked about it during the tropical quest was that there were songs where every every even though it's a group every artist or every member of the group gets their own solo track to the shine and show their skill and lyricism and I can't remember the exact album I'm, I know you're looking it up but it was the exact song but I, and I know you're looking it up but I feel like when that came out the response that it got was just so dope and, and beautiful that it showed that she was a multi-layered, multi-talented um, artist. And to your point, it was like, I, I've, I've done this with the Fuji, so now it's time to, like, I, I really want to show my my worth and my skill as an artist. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking at the album. Is there a specific, you said it's a track she's just on, right? Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I agree. Killing me, think... killing me softly, killing me softly. Was it not killing me softly? Uh, is it killing? Uh, she she sings primarily the entire track, but yeah, right. She sings she sings the majority of killing me softly, right? Yeah, yeah, she sings the majority of it. Okay. Um, so it's probably killing me softly, killing me softly. Um, okay. And I guess also that the last thing is maybe just um, showing the. The other side of female hip hop, because like for, for me, like personally, the the standard for for female rappers for me is Lil Kim and Lauren Hill. Um, you know, Lil Kim offers the sexuality, the confidence, the the arrogance, right, of what hip hop is, and Lauren Hill offers all of those things, but in a more, you know, I guess like neo soul. And laid back demeanor, right? It's not a, it's not aggressive, but like you know what it is, right? When Lauren gets on the mic, you know what it is, right? And she she sends her shots, she she roasts you with with the lyrical ether, but it's not over sexualized, it's not over, it's not trying to oversell. It's just yo, like this is what it is, like the the, the lyricism, the vibe, and the uh, the experience. I, I think is what what made her dope, and I think having her branch out showed a different part of what female rappers could could offer when I think at a point it was just really trying to be over-sexualized. Yeah. Uh, and again, I agree. I, I think the only thing I would add to that is, is she, with this album, bridged the gap between R&B and hip-hop. Um, and she did it so gracefully. Um, and because I feel like because she was known to be this hip-hop artist... Uh, the songs on the album that are more, you know, lyrical and more of her rapping. There's a couple that that, that might have, but most most of the songs that she's like really spitting on, they weren't the popular songs. They weren't her best singles. <laughs> uh, I feel like a lot of her best singles are the ones where she's like really singing, and she has maybe she may have a a verse or two. Um, not a verse, but she may have parts of it where she's rapping, but the songs where it's just like 95% of her rapping, right. to me, none of those songs are really 
the popular ones. Um, and, I, and a lot of them I forgot about until I re-listened to the album. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, like uh, I know we're going to jump into tracks, but I actually wrote it like the final hour. Uh, or final hour, not the final hour. Final hour. She, she, she raps on that track, bro. <laughs> like, she raps. And it's... I, I never. I, I feel like it's a song I used to skip. Like I would start it and I would skip it because I because everybody was we were in this mode where she's a singer and um so yeah right, right, <laughs> it's right. a it's a it's an interesting thing and she has one thing about her that I can appreciate is that she stuck to her roots and who she has who she is as an artist but she added a lot of new components to it as well right. So, yeah, it, it's it's a well balanced, I think, album that, fe- that it, like it incorporates so many different things that um, that a lot of. I mean, I think I feel like it's a breakthrough album, right? Like one of the things I saw was that it modernized got like gospel, like gospel rap music. Um, you know, because she's she's talking about you know she talk like I said she's talking about love, familiar love, um, relationship love. Religious love, community she, love. So it's about the right, community. right, yeah. Um, you know, every Social. ghetto, every city, every yeah. suburb, right? Like, oh, it, it, it goes to like all the the standard formula of uh, what an album should be, but it, it incorporates and it adds more that a, a lot of more, a lot more dynamics and layers that haven't been represented in, in hip hop before. I feel, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and and in it, in it, with that being said. Uh, the skits aligned with it. So right. that's the thing, like, uh, oh, I didn't write it down. I should have wrote it down, and I was listening to it on my way home today. There's a track where the skit before it is about love and identifying love, and then she she, she goes into the track, She and the track is all about uh, heartbreak, and then the next skit is like, do you understand love? Right. <laughs> do you understand? Right, right, right. Like, it's just very, they're very much aligned. Um which, which, which I really appreciate. I also, and we can, we can, we can move on. Um, but I also really love that these students were having this conversation with their teacher. Right. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to, like just guess, but I'm assuming it was a black male teacher. Right, right, right. And, and I really appreciated that um, aspect of it, and having the students all kind of share their their thoughts and it was a little humor in there and there was some real, there was some real shit in there as well. Right. Um, the, the, the skits made the, each song, uh, or, or it, it, uh, blossomed each song to me. Um, because of what, how, what, what class, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I don't know. I, I was just gonna say just because how, you know, you hit a skit, then you hit a song and then you hit a skit and you're like, oh, okay, it's, I see what she's doing here. Um, right. so yeah. I was gonna. What class do you think they're in? Right, like it's like what class are you talking about love in? Um, eh. I, I'm thinking they're definitely probably like ninth, tenth grade. Yeah, I was thinking but, like freshman year high school. Right, freshman. but what what class though? What class? Oh, you mean like what type of class? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, um, hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Maybe they were in this, you know, it ain't gym, it ain't math, right. it, ain't, it ain't science. <laughs> it ain't science, not social studies. Like, Man, that's a what, great what class could it be? What class could it be? That's a great, that's a great, I never thought about that. Um, 
I'm like stuttering because I don't even know it. Maybe it's a maybe he maybe it is a math class and he's a substitute. <laughs> he didn't give them any. <laughs> he didn't have any work to do. I don't know. It's a great question. So the speaker is Ras Baraka, a poet, educator, and politician. Um, and they actually did the recording in the living room <laughs> in Lauren Hill's New Jersey home. That's dope. But what class would it be? Right, 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 right. I'm, mm. Like part of me was thinking maybe English, just because, like I guess when like one of the kids English or like literature, because one of the kids brought up like Romeo and Juliet, and uh, it, I guess just the different themes that they were they were asking the children about. But yeah, that, that's something to think about. Like what class could that be, man? Yeah, English probably makes the most sense. They also, he he also did a great job, and obviously we we know it was created for the, <laughs> we know it was created for the album, but he also did a good job letting them explain and. Like letting them speak speak their piece, but right. obviously we we know why he was doing that. So, right, right. <laughs> uh, but that that was great. Um, I, I think just overall, just how each skip aligned with the music, you you, you couldn't have done better. I've, I've listened to some albums, and they'll have like random skits, and I'm like, what? What does this have to do with the album? Like I'm so lost. Right. Um, and and I did not have this that feeling with this one. So, um, but yeah, let's go ahead and dive into the tracks. So obviously we heard the intro, and then the first track was Lost Ones. Well, let's touch on the intro a little bit. I feel like, we, I feel like the intro is important because it sets up the theme, the title, a miseducation, and everything. Okay, right. yeah. Well, uh, what are your thoughts about the about the intro? Well, you know, the intro is Ross Baraka doing ro- doing a roll call in class, and he's yeah. just he said, you know, please respond when I call your name. He goes through the the list, and all the kids here, 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 and it's like Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill, goes on to the next person. And then and then the intro, you know, boom. It's funny how money changed situation, right? Um, and it, yeah, I think it's 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 you know, like what what do you miss on those on those days of school, right? Like on the days you don't go to school for whatever reason, like what do you what are you missing? And the album I mean, and granted, right? There's like, there's no, there's no real answer to to, to understanding love, right? Like, you know, we all define it differently. I feel, um, but I think at that age, being e- able to even have that dialogue and that conversation, uh, it, it it has the potential, right? It has the potential because I listened to this album as a kid. I, you know, I'm I'm still trying to figure <laughs> figure it out, right? Like a lot of us listen to this album growing up. We listen to all the love albums. We listen to all the the wrongdoings of love. But yo, we on our end sometimes we still can't get it right. So you know, there's the potential of like understanding and be able to express your thoughts about love as a child, and you know, maybe it changes something for you or sparks something for you down the line. But because you know, education works in like weird different ways. Yeah, the, the intro is interesting to me because. I- I was thinking about this when it comes to the desk. I actually, and, I, and I'll ask you this to get your thoughts. I, when I heard him taking attendance, I actually thought, oh, let me ask you this before I tell you what I thought. Do yeah. you think Lauren Hill was there or was she not there when he was taking attendance? I think she wasn't there. I think, I feel like that's the theme of it. Yeah, so in my, and if what I was thinking, and this is obviously possibly going out there, I was thinking she was actually there but she was drawn on the desk. She wasn't paying attention. She was uh, on the desk like actually that. drawing and he kept calling her name and she just didn't look up because she was so infatuated with drawing this or she was so right. deep in her imagination about love. 
That's a that's a dope duality. I like that, man. I like. So that. in my head, I was like, "Yo, he's saying Lauryn Hill." She's just not looking up. She's just like not paying him any mind. Um, so that's why I was like, "Do you think she was there or she wasn't there?" Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, because oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say because sometimes, right, that the lesson's going on, but you're still not there. Um, and uh, you know that relates to relationships, right? The relationship is going on, and you're not present. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like that a lot, man. I like that a lot. Yeah, she's I'm, there I'm, physically. I'm gonna re-listen with that in mind now. Yeah, um, and then he and he just moves on, which is you know typical school shit. Like, yeah, we, we got right, we right. to keep it going. The students yeah, here, yeah, we got we got to get, we gotta get this going. <laughs> we 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 got we got work to do. Let's 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 keep it going. Um, right. And yeah, you're right. The way Lost One starts is just uh, so oh, yeah, powerful. I'm never singing again, so you won't get me. Sing on uh, on our uh, <laughs> on the episode, but the way the way it starts is is yeah, it, it's a it's a very powerful track, and I think um, what makes it powerful is to me it starts out with classic Lauren Hill, right? So it starts out with the Lauren Hill we know, and then as you go into the tr- the track, she 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 I want to say softens up, but she goes from hitting us with that hip-hop flavor to right. slowly going as an R&B and, and, and you have her you know, singing like, you just lost one. There you go. I got it. Um, but, uh, but that's something that I really loved about how she introduced us to the album and then as the track went on, she's, she goes on ahead and, and she's singing. And this is right. all happening in the first track. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, so, it's it. No, sorry. No, no, go ahead. We 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 just we just feeling this one, man. We feeling this. Go ahead. I'm 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 just gonna like. I know I know we we we'll focus on the first and last track, but like the first, like five tracks. So like yo like yo yo this this just is is a, there's a lot of raw, like she popped her collar, man. She popped her collar, like there's. You know, like I talked about Lil' Kim having like this braggadocio and like the, the arrogance that hip hop is known for. But these first few tracks, man, Lost Ones is like her popping a collar, right? The first first line is funny how money changes situation, miscommunication lead to complication, right? That's that's getting that why clef, right? Like, you know, yeah, we did good off the Fuji. We we we're eating, right? But now, you know, you your money changed you, right? Or mo- maybe money changed us, money changed the relationship. Um yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like the thing is that it, it, it's there's so much <laughs> to this love about this album. It's hard for me to dissect it on an individual basis at times, man. I, I think that, that's that's my honest truth, and that's been so, that was some of my challenge listening to it because there's this, it, like I said, it's just so much, so much. It's just the the cup runneth over of just flows of uh, significance of bars of energy of relatability. It's like how how how, how do I pick and choose, but Lost ones, I think it, it's 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 hard, right? The the drums, the the beat, the burp, like that that little sound effect, that like a little punch in the gut, and it's her flow on it. Like, well, you remember the music video? Nah, the music video. If I'm not mistaken, I'm probably gonna pull it up. It's it's like the the city. It's a it's a it's like landscapes of the city, and it's on a it's on a DJ on a DJ set. Like it's like on a 
on a uh, album. It's like on one of the, the uh, like like I don't know how to explain it. It's it's on, it's on a DJ set. It's the city moving and the beats and the flow. While she's flowing, if I'm not right. mistaken, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm wa- I'm watching it right now. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it's like a landscape of the city, but as the beats are flowing, the, the, the uh, buildings are getting bigger and smaller, and it, and they're uh, and they're fluctuating in in, in in kind of how they're flowing, and yeah, it's it's a very dope video. Um, and like you see, you see her with the mic, like a true MC with the microphone is ripping ripping the stage and and rhyming. Um, like I, I I don't know if I talked about the I watched the video music box documentary. Ralph McDaniels on yeah. um on Showtime. You said you were gonna watch it, so we we didn't talk yeah. about it. And just seeing the beauty, like honestly, bro, the beauty of what hip hop was when it first started, and like watching this video now and still seeing the resi- residual energy of what that was. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 you know, it's, I forget about music videos. That's something I, I need to start doing <laughs> when we doing the music albums, like watching the videos to like really get in tune with it, man. Yeah, it's it's also a huge part of what culture was back then. So we may lose sight of it because we don't. People make music videos these days, but they don't have the same significance that they had back then. Right. Like I, I remember running home to see certain movie, music videos because I was waiting for it to come out. Like I was at school, like I can't wait for this music video to come out tonight. You know, so uh, so that's a, that's a great point. We should definitely look and see what's available um, for those albums. Um, uh, and I I agree with you. So. You know, obviously, again, we have a workflow of how we do our episodes, and I, the last track on this album is cool, but it doesn't come close to <laughs> to like five or six or seven other tracks. Right. So in my head, I was like, we can talk about the last track, but it's gonna be a quick combo because it's it's a cool track, but it ain't, you know, it ain't six or seven other tracks that are on the album that right. have to me so much more significance. Um, another thing that, to keep in mind that you, or to bring up that you shared is I looked at this album after listening to it now, similar to four, what 444 is now. Like like for how we talked about Jay-Z talking about, um, you know, how to, how to be a man, how to be a father, and how, how, to, uh, how to build as an entrepreneur. I feel like she did that. <laughs> Back listening to her her album, this was the four 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 of nineteen ninety nine two thousand. I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just it has a very similar tone where a lot of her tracks, it's from a woman's perspective, but it doesn't come off as is is just for women. It comes off as this is all of us are going through this, right? Um, and I just love love that so much about what she brings to the table. And to me, it's the 444 of, of uh, 1990, 1999. Right. Um, so yeah, that's I just a, wanted to put that out there. That's a dope perspective. Um, and and I, I kind of, th- I thought about, I, w- I didn't think about, I didn't make that 444 connection, but I, I, I totally see that. And, but I, I was thinking about that. It, it Number one, right? Like one of my biggest, one of my challenges with music, with music, and when it comes with female artists is that I feel very disconnected from it because it's very catered to a female audi- audience and their struggles with men and relationships. And this album doesn't have that, right? There's a doo-wop, that thing, you know, the first, cr- first chorus is girls, you better watch out. The next one is guys, you better watch out. So she flips it, she incorpor- incorporates it so that regardless of, you know, who you date, regardless of, uh, 
Um, yeah, I guess regardless of who you date, regardless of your relationship dynamic, it's relatable. And yeah, to your point, man, it, it has all the the blueprint. I was thinking of the, I was thinking of the word blueprint. It has the blueprint to building foundation, which a lot of older hip hop had, right? It was about community. It was about self-love. It was about crew love. And, you know, I guess Jay-Z creating 444, it feels so wholly other because this, number one, his position as an artist, being a male in that position. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, it is a, I mean, nah, you're right, right? Like Zion, right? Like Zion is talking about her kids and, you know, Jay-Z's talking about blue and stuff. Tell so you. It, 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 it's gender bias. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like this innate gender bias. And, I, and like we, I've been heard all of this. But now I'm giving it props because it's Jay-Z and it's a guy. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. It's also the way he does it, right? You know, we we give Jay and even Lauren Hill, we give them their their uh their love around lyrics, but also their flows and how they deliver it. Delivery. We give them props around delivery. Um the way he delivers 444 is is his interpretation, his experience. The way she delivers the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Simple, you know, it's her experience, and you know, it, it's it, what what else is also interesting. And I was just going through my notes um, that I wrote because if if you just listen to this album and you didn't and you took notes, and the only notes you wrote down were, were the questions, like the questions she asked in every song, she asked question every song, and you went and you and you did like a an analysis of your life. You you will learn some things about yourself, right? Um, and one of the one of the questions that she she asked that stands out to me, and I'm sure it stands out to a lot of people that listen to um, this song off of uh, off of Duop is how you gonna win when you ain't right within? Like that just is something that right, even right. when I hear it, just as like as her singing it, it's powerful. But as a question, if I just ask you, like, Yo, Cliff, how you gonna win, bro? If you ain't right with it, it makes right. you think. Like you're like, right. damn, what you mean I ain't right with it? Like, like I gotta figure some shit out. Like, and there's so many questions that she asks. Some of them she answers um, based on her experience, and some of them are just open ended. Um, and that's something that I really, really loved about just how she went about sharing and allowing us. Uh, there's a ton of vulnerability in this. Like to Zion. As you said, man, what what a track, what a what a track, and and I guess the the uh, the other part of like how you gonna win when you when you ain't right with then is the uh uh-uh, uh come again, and it made me think it it's, it make it, it's making me th- or it's made me think about um just women in the nineties like just the dynamic of I mean and, you know, granted black women because that was my dynamic growing up but just the dynamic of black women in the nineties. Like when you try to kick game, like the whole thing for her is like this this son and son and dude trying to kick game to her. I mean, like, nah, like you a little boy, you're not ready for this, right? Like, that's yeah, yo, 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 yo. I, like I like I said, my stand my standard for for rappers, but also kind of the dynamic for um this for women, right? Is having this this strong uh alpha female personality like nah you, you you're not ready for this you can't you can't handle this you're not good enough for this and knowing that and then you're like you know you gotta is she right is she right i'm i'm, I'm out here bullshit is she right is she right let, let, let me go 
to the hood rats, <laughs> that'll benefit me because that's that's what I deserve, right? It's it's a it's a self awareness, right? And she puts you in your place, which is dope. Yeah, and she, and she also also does a great job in letting, like you said, not playing sides. You know, she 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 calls the sisters out just as much as she calls the brothers out, right? Um, right, right, and that's right, something right. that is just it's it's it's, it's, it's magical. You know, it's a masterpiece. Um, question for you though, because you said something that that sparked the question. Um, you look at a lot of female artists today, right? The Nicki Minaj's, the Rhapsodies, but I guess Megan Thee Stallion would be considered a rapper. A lot, of, a lot of these female rappers, and I don't hear a lot of them talk about Lauren Hill being an influence. Like when I hear them talk about influence, they don't bring up the Lauren Hills. Do you right. think that? Do you think that there is a disconnect there? Do you feel like? Maybe and obviously they, they feel like they also may it may be because a lot of them are younger than us, right? They 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 got introduced to music a little later, but even so, do you, do you think there's an opportunity missed there? Or what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, so to be fair, I don't listen to like most of any new music, any rap, male or female. I might listen to like a single song that's hot. Um, like Young M.A., like, ooh, is a dope song. I'm not going to listen to the album by her. I've never listened to anything by Rhapsody, Megan Thee Stallion, I'm not interested. Um, Nicki Minaj, I listen to her on Features. Um, I think the... So, yeah, sorry, to start, yeah, I think there is a disconnect. But I think part of the disconnect is what Lauren Hill has been kind of labeled as, right? Like, you know, she had this one monumental album Right. And never really followed up with a sophomore project like MTV Unplugged. Again, is dope. It's dope. Uh, but. You know, it isn't a, a it isn't a traditional body of art. Right. And I think it's it's difficult for people to see value in artists when it's just that one hit. You know, like I think people need more to feed off of um, because people want like I feel like more inspiration comes from seeing an artist artists growth and journey. And, you know, she's she's just been in the media in different ways, like, you know, showing up late for concerts, uh, you know, like three hours late, performs one song, then leaves. So there's this, uh, going back to your point, disconnect with uh, who she is as a person and the inability to separate who she is as a person versus the art. And she talks about who she is as a person um, in the MTV Unplugged, just, you know, being tired and knowing that that music industry is just mentally draining on you, your family, your life. And you know, her focus is, is a lot on self-honoring. And I think people don't people don't respect that. You know, I feel like a lot of like I'm aware of Rhapsody and I'm aware that she's a um, a different like she's not she's not about like sex appeal. She's not trying to sell you sex. Yeah, she, Maybe she's, she's a dope like, lyricist. Sure. Um, Maybe like a MC Light or Queen Latifah. I, th- I felt like she might be be related to. Um, like do, do, does does she give props to MC Light or Queen to, to Queen Latifah to, to your knowledge? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So she actually okay. has songs named after them. Um, okay. Tracks. Cool. Um, yeah, Rhapsody. She's all about you know women empowerment, and um, I actually recently had a conversation with a friend of mine, a, a, a male friend of mine, and he was like, he don't really rock her because she's all her music sounds the same. And I just thought that was like mad, like like kind of naive of him because right. to me he hasn't listened. Like I've listened to her entire album she's done, and it, to me it was not the same. So, uh, but yeah, even with her, and uh, you know, to, 
I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't listen to every one of these women as well, but I, you know, when you hear influence and you think of influence, you know, you bring up a great point. Like people care about body of work. Um, one album is not really considered body of work, but the only, the only, uh, the, the challenge I have with that is that let's say, and you know, it didn't happen like God, but let's say she passed away after her first album, you know, like a, like a, there are artists out there who, who made classic music, but you know either they passed away or or, uh, or that was all they all all could come from. It maybe they were in an accident, whatever the case may be. Um, what if that happened? Minus or instead of not minus instead of what ha- has happened? Um, could that have be play a role? It play a, played a role in it as well. Um, because I think this album is not only classic because of what it represents to, to the culture. I think it's classic because it's just, it just bridges gaps right. that, that still, we still face to this day from it, from an industry standpoint. And she's never been shy of talking about, like you said, how the industry is toxic. And, <laughs> and I actually went to a Lauryn Hill concert. I, I've been blessed enough to see her in person. And it was, I would, I would categorize the first four hours as terrible. And the last, last half, half an hour was incredible. And I was there, I was standing, I have volunteered early at a nonprofit. Someone there at the nonprofit couldn't go and she offered me a ticket. And I went in Harlem and I stood up, it was standing room only. And I stood up for three hours. My feet were killing me. And right when I was about to leave, she put on a documentary like a documentary that she made. So we had to watch this documentary for like 20 minutes. And then she came out and performed and it was incredible. And I said, Lauren, you, you're on to something. If only you do. <laughs> if only you came, showed up on time. You, you, you like, wanted something. People, people love you. Um, but the same reasons we love her, it's also the same reason we probably can't stand her because she's just too, like, I'm me, deal with it. Um, right, 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 right. And I, I have to respect. She don't that. owe us nothing. Yeah, I got to respect that. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't buy the ticket, but if I purchased the ticket, I didn't have to buy it. I knew what she right. was about. So, uh, so yeah, that's 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 also yeah, you're spot on. And I also think culture, culturally, uh, a lot of times we don't look back at our history to uh, engage or to better develop our future. And that's not only in, in music, but just in, in life and so many different things that you go through. You know, right. if you look at, I, t- I talk a lot about like things that have happened during the civil rights movement that if we utilize just some of that now, <laughs> things would be different and, and, and you know, uh, times will look, the times will look a little different, but we just, we just don't do that as a people. We're always in evolve mode, next level, next step, right. We're always right. in that mode, so. You know, that's another thing to look at too. Right, right, absolutely. Um, so I feel like there's different versions of the the album. Like I remember the last track being "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You," but I think officially the last track is "Tell Him," which I don't even listen to it. I don't like. I don't remember how it how it flows at all. At all, honestly. Yeah, same, same for me. And you and I talked a little bit before we started. I I thought uh, "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You" was the last track, and then when I when I looked. Um, 
on uh, looks like Wikipedia, there's there, there are some additional tracks. I don't remember them being. I don't remember that being the last track either. So right. Um, so we I mean, so we can go with Ken. Go yeah, I was gonna say that too. Yeah, as you lose, can't take my eyes off of you as the last track. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, that's a good, and then people know it too. So, um, but what, what were your thoughts thoughts with that, and how had, it, how it, did it how did it uh, relate to the to lost ones? Um, I think it is. I think it's I think it's the duality, right? When you look at Lost Ones, it is like I said, it's in your face, it's hard hitting, um, it's the again I use the word braggadocio, and I need you, uh, I need you, baby. Sorry, can't take my eyes off of you. Is the love inside, like the the feminine energy of her, just like being in love with a man, um, and I, I think it's it's dope. That you know, you go through the entire catalog, you go through the story, you go through the the albums, and for us, <laughs> we end on the song where it's just, yeah, I, I did all of that, right? I did all that, I popped my collar, but yo, like, I, I need you though, <laughs> like that's it, like none of that matters. I need you, I want you, I love you, and all that, and like that's it, that's the standard. Just understand that, and that's enough. That's how I saw it as. What about you? Yeah, you know, we we talked a little bit about it being a, I believe it's a remake. Like it's been done. She she didn't decide it's not an original song, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, with that being in mind, I just loved it. To I love seeing it be her take on it. Um, and I, I I'm I'm trying to remember who else because I think when we were looking it up, so there were a couple other uh, types. So let me double check. Yeah. So there's there's one. It's been done before. It's a, it's a remake, but that that was something that I thought was. You just want to say who it is if, cool. you, if you have the information. I just wrote. I just wrote down that it was a remake. I didn't write down who okay. it was. Uh, so it's from um, uh, Frank Frankie Va- Valley and the Four Seasons. Okay, yeah. I, I, I literally just wrote, when I looked it up, I probably wrote down yes, it's a remake. Um, but it, but even with that being, and I didn't, I've never heard the, the Frankie Valley version, so I should check that out. But I'm I'm sure she added her own flavor to it. Her own flair to it, um, right. and I and then I've also, I also could agree with you. I think just after listening to the entire album to end the album, something that's just so warm, it's like it's like graceful. Um, where you started out with a bang, I, I, I thought that was really like that was that was her saying like I've evolved, right? Like I'm different. I'm not. I'm not just, I'm not what you want me to be. I'm not who you think I was, but this is me. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and that's how I took it. And she had several songs on the album where, where when I heard it for the first time, I was like, man, this is a beautiful track. But then on the flip side, I was like, the Lauren Hill from the Fugees, this ain't her. <laughs> right, right, right. It's somebody different. So, uh, so yeah, I felt that, that's what I felt about the, uh, the final track um, and how it, how it uh, it played a role in the, in, the, in the dynamic of both uh, lost ones um, or with lost ones. So yeah. Um, now I know we we wanted to dive into some lyrics. So so also interesting thing about the lyrics. A lot of times when you and I dive into lyrics, we we like, we look at multiple songs, right? We'll go through right. multiple songs. The, this album is so fire <laughs> that I only. I have lyrics multiple songs, but there's one song that I put like 
five, six lyrics from now. I was like, yo, this is what I'm going to talk about. Just one. Is it, fin- is it final hour? It's not final hour, but that okay. that is that is hip hop at its finest. Uh, but it's not final hour. But I'll let you do yours first. So if you have any lyrics that come to mind. I'll be honest, like I said before, man, it was, it was hard to dissect and choose. Um, but one, there's a verse from Final Hour, the third verse, that I just kind of keep going over just because her, I feel like her flow just kind of jumps all over the place, but it's still in rhythm. Um, I, I, I just love some of the references, and I'll be breaking bread, sipping Manish Sweat's wine, and I'm thinking about drinking Manish Sweat's as a kid, like thinking I'm drinking wine, hyped about it. Um, or the boonie, I make a lot like a Sunni, get the black, diplomatic immunity and never ghetto community, like... That, that was it for me. Like that, that entire third verse. I, like, I, like I said, I, I love the the, uh, the ebb and flow of the, like the different styles she just inserted and the versatility she showed. Other than that, like I said, every everything, nothing, no one thing stood out. Um, I talked about, I think it was superstar about you know like music is supposed to inspire and just that 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 single line that's being like a lot of inspiration and motivation for me these past past few months. That's it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, bro. It, it, it was tough. But uh, how about we do this? If you had a, I don't, I don't even know I'm gonna do it, but and I don't know if you're gonna have one. But if you had a favorite track on the album, what would be your favorite track? Zion, 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 Zion. Yeah. And why? Why is that your favorite track? Um, it's funny. Like initially, when I first heard the song, I thought it was um, about like a miscarriage. Because when I thought of Zion, I was thinking about like the Promised Land Zion and like the reference. Um, and, and I think it's the Bible or the, uh, the the Torah or something. But like listening to it again, it's it's you know realizing that no, like it's, it's just her son named Zion, and she you know he, he he's alive. But it's so I, I relate with it personally because when my mother was pregnant with me. They told her to, th- they told her to throw me away because of the shit. Like my pops was, shit, my pops was putting her through. Um, so like hearing that and hearing her talking about, you know, people saying like, you know, like, like look at your life, like you can't have a kid, you shouldn't have a kid. So I, I connect with that on a personal level. Um, and yeah, m- maybe that's it, right? Maybe it's just that initial part, and it's just me, you know, wanting to fulfill and be that jo- that pride and joy in my mom's life. Um. And besides that, it's it's the, it's the lyrics, right? It's, it's the singing, it's the the notes, the high notes, like loud the joy, like it's just a it's a beautiful feel good song, um, about love, about honoring yourself, right? You know, like you know, we talked about um, the miscarriage and before, but like honoring life, honoring the new, honoring what what's within you. And, you know, choosing to carve your own path, which is everything she's been doing for these past, you know, since this album came out. And I, I, I think, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's it's important in terms of just honoring yourself um, and trusting your gut and focusing on love. Like the album's about love. So like love, loving a child, right? Like that's that's inspiration for the next generation. I think that's one of the most important types of love because the children inspire the next generation. That's it. What about you? Yeah, so to Zion is one of one of my top three for sure. Uh, I'll ask you a quick story about it, and then I'll tell you what tell you my track. Uh, 
I do an event, Food for Thought, as you know, where we dissect albums over dinner. And the first one we ever did was the Miseducation of Long Hill. And there was a woman there who, when the song was playing, she was completely like in tears. She was like bawling, crying. And, uh, you know, it's me and like 12, 13 other people at this table. And she's just letting it go, like like tears. So then once the song finishes, you know, I stop, I stop the, uh, the, the music and we, we eat our food and we discuss. And we asked her, you know, how, you know, how did it make you feel? How did that song make you feel? And she said, growing up, she never wanted to have children. She never wanted anything to do with children in her life. You know, everybody used to tell her as a woman, she needs to have a family and she needs to have a husband. And she needs, and she's like, I never wanted to have children. Like, that was not something that I ever wanted to do. Um, I believe she's, she's in her forties. Definitely older than me. Um, and she shared that after hearing this song, it made her want to have, have children. So she ended up having, she has a son now. Um, I, I don't know if she adopted him or, but it's just her and her son. And this song, that, that particular song inspired her to, have to, she wanted to feel that love, she said. So every time she hears it, it just brings her back to that. Um, and, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. Like I was just right. like, wow. Um, because, and this is a little bit off track, but we we don't we don't know how music impacts people and how it aligns. Like you had a personal story that impacted you. She had a personal story that impacted her. Um, I just love the. It's really the end of the, the song for me. Like all the lyrics are great, but I, I envision her actually marching toward her toward Zion. Like right, right, right. Like that. Like I envision her as a mom watching toward him and she and she just says it over and over and over again. I could just envision her taking her steps and there's a choir behind her and she just walked towards him. Uh so uh that that's that was a cool thing for me. But yeah, it was just a beautiful thing when when uh, when that woman shared that uh, during the dinner. Um but for me my favorite track if and it, and this is a hard one but but uh it, i had to go with everything is everything. Um, the, the reason is a couple of reasons, but the main reason it reminds me of, uh, no, I can't think of it. Oh, it reminds me of Marvin Gaye's what's going on and how what's going on back in that time. It was the first time Marvin Gaye had like publicly created a, a song around social justice right? and, and it's become an anthem of social justice. And to me, that, that track, it doesn't, people don't talk about it enough, but that track is like social justice 101. <laughs> like it should be played on, in videos left and right for, for, for cities. And the, the, the lines that she says in the, in the track. And I just, I just wrote down certain ones cause they're, they're all just, they're just so many powerful lines. But even when she, when she starts it, she's like, uh, I wrote these words for everyone who struggles in their youth. Um, that's that. Even starting off with that to me was popping, and, and it made so much sense. But as you go on, as she goes on, she's like, and, and I'll continue. I'll start from the beginning and continue. I wrote these words for everyone who struggles in their youth, who won't accept deception instead of what is true. It seems we lose the game 
before we even start to play. In my head, I'm just like, this is so powerful. Um, and as she goes on in the in the song and as she goes on in the track, she just talks about how everything is everything. Everything is a line and everything has its purpose. And it's what it what it's meant to be. Um, and I, you know, obviously, the, 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 the chorus is always, though, when, you know, after winter, must come spring, like that change, it comes eventually. Like in my head, I think about that, her correlation to not only life, but also to the seasons. Like our life is very similar to seasons. Um, and it was, I don't know, like when I, when I think about everything that she says in it and she talks about, you know, us, about dreaming and uh, us touching our dreams and us, be, you know, us planting seeds, all, all those lyrics make so much sense. And it's an equivalent to me to, to what's going on. When I, when I hear it, I think that she, that is the mo- modern day, I guess, which is, so, you know, the, the album's almost, what, almost 30 years old. <laughs> uh, it's like 20 something years old. So it's, right. so it's not, I guess, it's, I don't know what would define it as modern day, but to me, it's a modern day. What's going on? Um, so, yeah. what, what does what does the song invoke in you when you listen to it? What 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 uh spirit? What energy does it does it like draw out of you? It, it just when I hear it, I think about. And it's a great question because I because this is what came to mind when I when I heard it. I think about going out and marching. I think about hitting the streets. Uh, I think about like standing up. Like I, it, it's. And and it's crazy because I I and I think I've told you this offline, but you know when when the whole Eric Gardner uh, murder happened, I was about to say thing. It was not a thing. It was a murder happened. I I went out and I marched and all through New York City. I met up with my dad. Me and my dad marched a couple of days later, and then afterwards, it felt like nothing. It felt like nothing happened. It was like, yeah. what do we waste our time for? I'm never marching again. I told my dad I'm over it. I'm never marching again. I'm never going to hit the streets again. There's nothing happening. There's no point. So then you fast forward to uh, what what happened with George Floyd, and you see how people, how how marching has such a profound effect on change. And then I learned a valuable lesson that you know it sucks that you have to go through these this these, this, this kind of you know this 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 road. You have to go through it to get to the other side but sooner or later, you know, sooner or later, sun will shine, right? Sooner or later, you know, and, and, and we're still going through it, but it's, but it's better than what it was. Yeah. And when I hear this song, I'm like, yo, I want to go out and watch. I want to support our youth. I want to, you know, it, it, I feel like it describes who I am as an educator, as a connector. It, it describes it like, um, it, you know, she, she talks about loving yourself. She talks about, like the song, the song is really, really deep, and it's and it's classic hip hop. She's like rhyming in it, you know. Obviously, she has her typical. I feel like in every track she has a, a little chorus where she's singing, but most of it is her like just hitting you with it. Um, right. And yeah, man, I I love love that track. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 and when I when I also when I think about how uh, we attach a lot of a trauma to things. We, right? yeah. you know, I was, I was going to specify. Good, 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 good question. Cause who is this? We, when, I say we as humans, 
okay. humans. We, we attach our trauma to things. It can be to a moment. It can be to music. It can be to an experience. And I attached my, my, my trauma when it comes to marching and when it comes to being black in America was attached to this, in some way attached to this song. So it has even deeper meaning to me. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that, but, but yeah, that's my, that's my track. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, you know, every time we talk about our personal preferences, you know, I'll give it another spin through. So I'm going to listen to it with, with new ears. I think what happened for me, I going through this album, I, well, you know, we talked about all the different layers, but so much of my focus on this album is just the, the, like the the relationship love, um, and I guess the you know Zion within itself. Like some of the other tracks, I just kind of skip over, like the party songs, um, like do up that thing I loved growing up, and now I'm not that interested in it that much because it, it feels it, it's like it's not my current situation, right? It, it feels other for me. Um, every ghetto, every city feels too kind of feels a bit too young for me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give everything is everything another spin. You know, I'll follow up on on a on a clubhouse. About yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think too. You know, it's it's my interpretation. So now that you have that, now you have that to go on as well. Right. Um, right. But there are other tracks too. Like, and I wrote down a couple. Uh, when it hurts so bad, you know, it, yeah. it's an emotional heartbreak. But it but it also is it also is real. <laughs> Right. Like it's just real. It's like yo, it's real. And I don't have the lyrics up, but it, when I'm listening to that song, I'm like yo, I've, I've been in this shit before. Right. <laughs> she explained it to me. <laughs> um, so you know that that was the type of heartbreak. And then also there's there's a again there's a cool skit. I can't I can't remember if it's before or after, but it just aligns with a perfect when the when the teacher asks the student like. So how do you define love or something? And it, it kind of ties right into it. So, um, but yeah, it's, in, it's tracks like that. And even the, even like you said, what was it? Every ghetto, every city. Right. right. Even that, like, it's not a track I love, but it's it has a lot of historical context. And she talks a lot about history. Um, right. And she and she only she doesn't only talk about history when it comes to hip hop, when it comes to music, but she talks about history when it comes to the community. Right. Um, so, you know, there, there's definitely uh, something in every track that has things that matter to me. So that's why when I listen to it, I'm like, except tell him, because I don't know what to tell him. <laughs> the last track that we haven't listened to. But right, uh, right. other than that, you know, the, there are a lot of uh, really, really powerful messages in some of these songs, and I would say in most of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, did I choose this, or did you? I, I think I chose it, but I just want to make sure I forget. I don't even remember, man. It's something I would choose, but it's something you would choose too. Right. We, we we always uh, write down who chose who chooses what, so it looks like you chose it. Right. You? Yeah. Um, so I know the question is, you know, why did I choose this? Yeah. Why? And. Like I said, initially, it's funny. We were supposed to, you know, this is like our Valentine's Day episode, which I think is dope. And we were supposed to do this uh, like last year, but, you know, we, 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 we reworked it and aligned it with this, which I think is dope and important. Um, I remember at least like maybe four or five years ago, I was on Twitter and I saw someone 
post this article, like this blog article on why the miseducation, it's something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, the miseducation of Long Hill is overhyped. And I was like, what? I was, yo, like, yo, I, 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 you know, I, I, I felt enraged. Like, you know, it's this, you know, it's, it's just people, this, you can say whatever nowadays. You can just say whatever nowadays. And I, rem- I remember skimming through it. Um, I tried to look, I tried to look for it, but I couldn't find it. I, I'll try to do some more research for the clubhouse. Um, but I, I, I chose it because it, the number one, the title is just, you know, is just the reality of all of our situations, right? We're all miseducated, right? Even if like going back to the idea of her being present in the classroom, but mentally being elsewhere, right? Like that's a lot of our realities. We're here in this life experience, but we'll focus on the screens. We'll focus on social media, we'll focus on all the things that don't matter that are miseducating us and taking our focus away from what's important for half the time it was love. Um, my my personal like growth and healing throughout these past few years is like really just channeling the importance of self love, um, love in relationships and all dynamics, familiar, romantic, friendships, and you know community down the line. But knowing that, you know this this album doesn't have all the answers, but knowing that this answers offers a this album offers a lot of dynamics that allow me to pause and reflect and think about the i guess the simplicity of you know what love can or can't be right because you know we talk about the skits it's just the teacher asking kids right and you hear the kids answers um and one thing i want to do is when we do the clubhouse is like go through the questions and ask each other just to see how our perspectives have have evolved um but you know the, the kids are just given these these base base answers about love and a lot of it is rooted in just feelings like you know i feel this way this is how i feel but some every now and then you got you get like this glimpse of a, a, the kid understanding it a bit more um so i wanted to focus on like a base an album that is just rooted on on love and rooted in, in i guess the different layers of love but also Maybe it'll kind of create some spark, some inspiration and change in how I how I understand love, how we understand love and how we as we as people, humans, black people, all people. Rethink our miseducation on love and. uh, I guess reeducate ourselves and. Stop thinking we arrogantly know it all because we we don't right. It's a it's an ever evolving process. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, well said. I I think that the it was a great choice. I, I probably would have chose it as well. I think the person that had that that uh, thought about it is hey, you're entitled to feel the way you feel even when you're wrong. <laughs> like it's the best I can say. Right, right, right. I don't want to discredit how they felt. Um, you know, first off, the the album isn't perfect, so that's one thing. I like, think it's it, perfect. You don't think it's perfect? I think it's a masterpiece. I think it. I don't think there's any like. There's nothing like. Like I, I'm alright. I'm alright. I'm alright. No, no. I don't mean. I don't mean in that way. I mean, it isn't perfect. Meaning that that. There's a there's a learning lesson. Like this is Lauren Hill. Like it's, it reminds me of what we talk about when we talked about the PJs and how I can say the PJs is offensive, but it's Eddie Murphy's story. It's his right. experience. 
that's how I feel about this. So for someone to say, hey, you know, I think this album is overrated. Yeah, maybe overrated to them, but it isn't perfect because it's her story. It's her life. It's her experience. Um, she's given us a masterpiece. Um, and I think a lot of times we, we, we connect with it, you and I, we connect with it because, because of what it represents to us individually. But somebody else that you may give it to, they may be like, oh, this shit is whack. And I would, I would respectfully, I probably would de, I would disrespectfully disagree. Um, <laughs> I'd probably be like, shut the fuck up, get out of here. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is one hands down a masterpiece. And then I did this earlier when I was, when I was writing down my notes, I looked up the definition of miseducation because obviously I know what it is in, in theory, what it is, but I wanted to read the definition because, you know, uh, the definition of miseducation is poor, wrong, or harmful education. And in my head, I was like, this album is all about and she educated the shit out of people. Right, right, right. It was like a pun to me. Cause she could have called the album The Education Alarm Hill or The Education. But you know, obviously it has a reason for the name, but when you think of miseducation, she did the exact opposite. She educated the shit up, like the shit out of me, and and edu- educated me in a way where I, I actually wrote down love. Love to me was redefined because I only looked at love as, especially at that back in those days, I was looking at love that as at the girl I was talking to. I wasn't looking at love with my parents or love to my community or love to self love. I wasn't looking at those things. I was just looking at like, oh, this girl doesn't like me. Or a man. So, uh, so yeah, yeah right, right. I, I hear what people are saying and you're, you're entitled to feel the way you feel, but sometimes you're wrong and whoever wrote that, and I'm sure we'll figure out who it was there. <laughs> I'm sure we'll figure it out. We're going to, we're going to knuckle up real quick. <laughs> oh, no, I'm saying we'll find, we'll find an article. I'll, uh, no, no, no. I, I'll DM them on, uh, on IG or Twitter and be like, yo, I don't even have a Twitter account, but I'll make one just to DM them and be like, yo, take it back. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't want no beef. Uh, but yeah, man, great, great pick. You, you, you always picking good. You know, you, you, you're nice with the picks. I feel like everything uh, you pick. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think we all pick good things, right? Um, you, you, I was gonna save this question for the clubhouse, but since you brought it up, might as well do it now. Like, what has love evolved into you? Into like, how would you define it, right? Because one, one of the questions, right, in the skits is like, you know, what is love to the kids? So. I guess we can kind of try to end on that note. Like, you know, what, what is love to you now? You explained what it was to you as a kid. What is it to you now? Yeah, well, I, I've said some of what it is, but it's a great question. I, the, the biggest thing is, you know, it's love for self. I um, mean, you know, I always talk about how you, you know, being a black man in, in today's society by living your life a certain way. You know, that's how you love and support your community. That's how you show growth. That's how you show uh, how you've elevated and how you leveled up. So love to me is a lot of what I'm what I how I dissected the album this time than what it was to me when I heard it back in the nineties. Um it's it's self love, it's love for my community, love for my neighbor, love for my parents, uh, my family. Um and I I'll leave it with this. Growing up, I always had this like weird animosity toward my mom. It, I didn't really 
think it was, but I guess, you know, looking from the outside and there's something people saw. And uh, my love for her was, was was in some ways tainted, right? Uh, my mom was heavily on drugs and I grew up on the crack crack era. So my mom was, on, was a user, substance abuser. And she's since gotten clean and she's got her life together, but I still have this weird, you know, I still had this weird animosity toward her. So one day, I don't know what it was, but it was just, I was watching something and it was like, how about you ask her how it was trying to have a baby in 1987 using drugs? And, you know, she shared with me that uh, it was the hardest thing she's ever had to do, but she was going to have a healthy baby and that she loved me more, uh, you know, me being pregnant than, than she did when, you know, when I, when I, as I got older because of what she went through, um, her love was different for me then. And it just changed, it just changed how my whole perspective. So now my relationship with her is so different. Um, I, have, I have a better understanding. Um, so if I can categorize love and experience, that's what love is to me. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> you know, I got to ask you what, 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 what has love, what is love to you? after listening um, to this album and where you are now? I, mean, I, I don't think listening to this album has changed my perspective. Uh, I think these past few years for me, I've just been, I've been really defining love as just growth. Um, and, you know, like getting a bit mystic, into like the mysticism of, of life and shit like that, right? Like I look at love as just energy, the like energy that moves the, the universe forward. Um, you know, it's just always propelling, always moving forward. Like all there is is tomorrow. Um, and the energy that we put in, put in today sets the tone for the energy of tomorrow. So for me, love is just growth. You know, like you talked about self-love. Like I, if, if I want to love myself, I need to grow as an individual. If I'm in a relationship with someone, I need to grow. You need to grow. We need to grow. Like you talked about having a conversation with your mom and like that, that was healing for you. Um, same thing on my end, like talking to my moms about my, my biological pops, like being able to heal from that and like see him in a different perspective like that opened up a totally new doorway for me in terms of healing and um knowing that her and i could have deeper conversations because i feel like a lot a lot of you know like we we disassociate our parents from their human life we just kind of see them as mom dad or whatever and we forget that they have their own individual lives and personalities at times but like i feel like there's a pivotal point when you grow up where you just ask a question, an important question. Like for you, it was asking about, um, you know, her, her drug experience and her being pregnant with you. For me, it was asking about like my biological pops and her experience with that. And it just unravels this door where like, I right, now we can have adult conversations, right? Now we can have adult conversations um, and just keep keep growing and building off of that. So yeah, I just I just look at it as growth. Yeah. Not, not afraid to ask questions, not afraid to let go of the past um yeah, yeah. being limitless man being limitless yeah that's it look at that we'll, we'll leave it on that note I, it's more than just uh romance yeah <laughs> it has to be it has to be so that's that's why i said redefining love thanks lauren for uh redefining love but you didn't redefine it for me but you did redefine it and 
you away. Right. Um, so this is great. Yeah, we'll be on Clubhouse uh, next week. We got our dates. Let's just make sure I, I get the dates right. Uh, the Monday the 14th, was it? Monday the 14th. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Monday the 21st, was it? It is Monday the 21st. It's correct. So we'll be on Clubhouse Monday the 21st at 8.15 uh, p.m. EST. EST. Eastern Standard Time. That is correct. Uh, so we'd love to hear you guys' thoughts, and I'm sure this is going to be a dope combo about about this album. I got a feeling we'll have some some great great people joining us. Um, yeah. And then our next episode, the which, final episode, yeah, our final episode of season one. <laughs> wow, man, that's crazy. We've done a lot of episodes. Uh, our next episode is going to be us dissecting and sharing uh, our thoughts around Antoine Fisher. Um, so Antoine Fisher is the film. It's a film. I'm not going to go into the details of it because you can look it up. <laughs> we'll talk about it, but yeah. Um, you know, you know, I was thinking it might be a good idea, and I'll do that real, real quick before I let everybody go to let you know where you can watch Antoine Fisher. <laughs> that way if you do check it out, and you listen to right, right, right. Watch it. Let's see. Anton Fisher is available. I got the DVD, which is crazy that I have a DVD, but um, it is available on Hulu. So you can watch uh, cool. Anton Fisher on Hulu. Um, so that's what we'll be dissecting in our last episode of season one. And as always, bro, been a pleasure. And until next time. Peace, peace, peace. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. I hope everyone enjoys their season of love and their, their, their days and weekends of love. Peace. Peace, guys. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Clubhouse for bi-weekly club discussions and occasional recaps at Nothing Moves Without Us. Please follow our TikTok and Instagram at A Black Culture Podcast. And you can watch podcast episodes on YouTube at Nothing Moves Without Us, A Black Culture Podcast.